Okay. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming to the show. Uh, we've got a very special show this evening. Our special guest is Fayuna Solomon, also known as the woman who runs the Dating Truth. We're going to talk about dating over the holidays and lots of other dating issues. So we're going to bring her on in a few minutes. I want to get into a couple of things in terms of what's going on with the show, uh, what you're going to hear tonight, a little bit of the Guys Guys Guide, and we're going to take it from there. So let me just uh, send a quick note. So this is Guys Guys Radio. Okay, great. All right. So it is 7.04. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny. And uh, we have a very special show for you this evening. Uh, let me ask you something. Do you have issues about dating apps or dating around the holidays or just dating in general in this crazy time of ours where there's so much dating and so much information and so much difficulties in terms of sifting through all the people and all the apps and all the websites and getting from online to offline and just making it happen and moving from meetups to relationships. So we have a very special guest, Fayuna Solomon. We call her Miss Solomon. She runs a website called The Dating Truth. Uh, I'm going to bring her on in a few minutes. Uh, let's first do a couple of a uh, little bit of housekeeping. I'm going to tell you what's going to go happen in the show. We're going to have our special guest on in a few minutes. We're going to do as usual. We're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about what's going on in the world. We're going to do our guys guy of the week. We are going to uh, then have our guest, and then we will come back. We'll do a guys guys guide uh, as we do after a break, and um, and then we'll let you go. So. This is uh, welcome to the show. It is Wednesday, December 13th, 2017. Um, let's see what's going on because this is, we're getting very, we're getting in the final turn towards uh, the holidays. I believe yesterday was uh, Hanukkah, so happy Hanukkah. Uh, we've got Christmas coming up, Kwanzaa, and uh, the Little Kings, I guess, the week after Christmas. And I'm sure I'm missing some other. <laughs> end of the year and the beginning of next year holidays. But uh, I wish you all the very best from Guys Guys Radio. This is a place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Uh, the whole Guys Guys Radio brand, if you will, and movement started uh, about three years ago or so ago when I launched my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. And it's about two men in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. You can pick up the book. It's on Amazon, a great stocking stuffer five-star reviews on Amazon and you can get the physical copy or a, a ebook and it's still in some bookstores, but it's probably easier to get it online. Um, my website, then I started writing uh, a blog similar to the main character in my book, Max Halliday wrote a, wrote a blog called uh, the guys, guys guide to love. So I write something called on life, love and the pursuit of happiness. And I cover all topics relating to just being a guy's guy and uh, making this a better world. We get into wellness relationships spirituality, work, dating, living in a big city, and just dealing with uh, the, a lot of the things and the nonsense that we have to deal with in modern life and doing our best to raise the frequency and make this a better place to live with all the craziness going on. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and every podcast. This is our 254th Guys Guys Radio podcast. It's on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. And if you want to support us, I strongly plead with you to subscribe, rate, and review uh, Guys Guys Radio on iTunes because we could really use the support. I'm bootstrapping this whole thing. It's growing. I'm having a blast with it. And I really, uh, it's my pleasure to highlight and showcase a lot of wonderful guests. And I've learned so much. I've gotten a free education, as I've hoped my listeners have over the past couple of years from all these different types of people who've been on Guys Guys Radio. We've had entertainers, we've had dating and relationship experts, we've had metaphysical healers, authors, psychics, channelers. Uh, it's just a blast. And uh, so many wonderful people. And our special guest this evening, Fayuna, uh, she's been on the show before, and uh, she was terrific, and I'm so pleased that she's back with us again. So let me just take you around a little bit of what's going around happening in the Guys Guys world. Then we'll do the Guys Guy of the week. We'll take a break and we'll bring our special guest out. So what's happening out there? Well, 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 uh, if you're a fantasy football player, you're in the semifinals. 
I managed to get there in my league this year. I won the championship last year. I'm there this year. Got a tough matchup, but it's so much fun. Uh, whether you're a guy or a gal, fancy football is a blast. So uh, if, you, if you haven't done it, give it a shot next year. Uh, it's just fun to play. It's a good thing if you're uh, working at a small company or a big company, doing it with some friends. It's a, it's a great way just to have some fun in the fall and the winter season. You can win. Most, most, most leagues have a cash prize, so you can win something there. Um, the weather here in New York City today was probably the coldest day we've had since uh, uh, the, the early winter uh, back in January, February, March. It was like in the 20s today. Um, but, you know, that's the time of the season. That's what we deal with. So not a big deal. Um, in the news cycle out there, of course, uh, the Alabama uh, election for the senator, uh, Doug Jones, won over uh, uh, Roy Moore. And there was a lot of uh, controversy. Uh, a couple of thoughts on that. Um, one, people who I see all over Facebook and elsewhere um, that uh, everybody's all cheering because of uh, Doug Jones won and people who don't like Trump and who really don't like Roy Moore because of his, uh, the allegations against him for uh, very, basically when he's in his thirties kind of chasing around uh, uh, girls who are like 15, 14 or 15 years old. And although Jones, a Democrat won in Alabama, which is quite a feat, he only won by 1%. So people take note 1%. So, that means Roy Moore, with all of the kind of dirt they had on him, he actually got over 621,000 votes. And uh, Jones got, I think, 622,000, something like that. It was a 1% difference. Maybe it was 630,000 30, tops, but it was only a 1% difference. So, you know, folks, we've got a long way to go. So uh, if you were in the Jones camp and uh, you know, even if you're a Republican, most Republicans are in the Jones camp because some of the, I won't even get into the details with Roy Moore, so many things that were just distasteful and poisonous. So um, let's see if this is the beginning of some type of change. Uh, It's been uh, a very uh, anxiety filled year for a lot of people who uh, did not vote for Trump. Uh, the people who voted for him, uh, his base supporters are doubling down. He's now uh, got the votes to push this tax change plan through. And uh, that's a little going to be scary to some people. And basically what uh, the way I look at it is the blue states uh, who pay most of the taxes because most of the wealth is there. Anyhow, they're going to get socked with more taxes that are actually going to uh, fund programs, national programs that go into the red states. So, uh, it's a tricky one for people, uh, whether you like that or not, depends on where you're from. Um, but the bigger issue that's going on uh, in terms of uh, our country is this net neutrality. Uh, and not too many people know about it, uh, but be aware that um, if that gets pushed through, you're going to see some more controls on the Internet, some different pricing p- packages. And uh, uh, the way the Internet now is, which basically free except for certain sites that you pay for, it's going to be more controlled by the, uh, the, the service providers. And uh, so they're always looking to make a buck. So uh, what you get and the speeds you get, and, you know, it's going to be challenging in terms of having all the free access for everybody uh, in the way we have now, basically have now. So uh, something to keep track on uh, of is neutrality. And I actually think it's much bigger than uh, the whole Roy Moore issue. So anyhow, Think about that and uh, write to your uh, Congress people uh, and senators and let them know. Our guy's guy of the week, I try to pick somebody who uh, is either the good guy or the kind of anti-guy's guy. And the guy's guy is somebody who has, uh, is a, represents again, kind of the, a man who recognizes the long overdue uh, achievements of women, who is comfortable in his own skin, and uh, working as hard as to do the right thing. So I'm going to give it to Doug Jones this week because he was a prosecutor in Alabama. He's not a real liberal or anything. He just happens to be a Democrat. And let's see how he does, because here we have somebody representing some type of change in a state that's been painted a certain way. I've never lived there. I have a good friend who's from Alabama, and, he, he's, and he's a real liberal, and he speaks uh, very highly of the people there. Uh, and it's, it's a different ballgame. So you know what? Change is good. Uh, change is sometimes hard to uh, take, but uh, ultimately it's, it's a good thing So, uh, in this case. So let's see what happens, and we'll take it from there.
So that's our guy's guy of the week. So let's take a very quick break. And then we will come right back with our special guest, Fayuna Solomon. Okay, we're back. Welcome back to Guys Guys Radio. As I mentioned, our special guest is Fayuna Solomon. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's one of my favorite dating experts. She's a real class act. She's a writer, a speaker, a popcorn enthusiast, and she found a website called thedatingtruth.com way back in 2009. She's got a passion for relationships and for self-help, and she created the website to give singles actionable and honest advice that will improve their dating lives. And since its inception, she has written over 500 articles on dating. She's been featured in over a dozen podcasts, including Guys Guys Radio. And her writing can be found on Elite Daily, Thought Catalog, Goodman's Project, and MSNBC. Our website attracts 50,000 readers monthly and over a million views to date. So that's fantastic. She's also the creator of the Date Like a Pro, a training program for dating skills and improvement, and Flirt, a 30-day course to help singles find love. She also works with dating apps and brands to develop uh, products and positioning in the singles market. Uh, so she's a marketer also. And uh, I'm going to be submitting some of my uh, blog posts to her website and looking forward to working together with her because uh, I think we have similar uh, perspective on a lot of the dating issues. And I really think she's terrific. So let me bring her onto the show right now. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Fayuna Solomon. Ms. Solomon, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? What a great very intro, good. too. Thank you for that. Oh, very good. Very good. And thank you. Um, so let's uh, get right to it. Um, how, just on a personal note, how do you manage to balance? Uh, I think I know the answer, but how do you manage to balance your marketing with your uh, dating expertise? It seems like you use your marketing expertise in the dating category. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, What's been really great is just being able to get good advice to single people. Um, Like you mentioned, you're going to be having a few articles on the site, other coaches that I love working with as well, and just being able to um, help everybody get the right information. It starts as sort of the marriage between the marketing and the dating advice, um, which I love. And, you know, there's no real difference with how you sell yourself versus how you might sell a product. Um, sometimes we just need to learn how to best represent ourselves in the marketplace, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So since we last spoke, which was about three years ago, what, if anything, has changed in the dating scene? Oh, my gosh, so much has changed. Um, and it's exciting for me because I do personally use a lot of um, the apps and, and and things that are out there. So that's exciting. But I think what's really changed with which I feel like everybody's noticing and you probably noticed this as well is just the dynamic between men and women and the roles that they're kind of playing in the dating process has definitely changed. Um, How so? Now whether that's good or good or bad, I'm not sure. Well you know I think that I think that men um, are being a little bit more resigned than they have been in the past, maybe not feeling as much pressure to always um, be the um, the initiators. And I think some dating apps are now giving women the ability to be initiators and to message first and to, um, you know, be the ones that are asking for the date and a little bit more um, aggressive. So mm-hmm. that's definitely changed the landscape of how relationships get started and um, also what dating looks like. Let me, let me, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, almost to a person, every female dating expert coach uh, out there has said that women clients uh, universally want men to be men. And there seems to be a fine line where, um, you know, the guy, uh, if, if he sets up, he finds your interest, he sets up a first date, he, you know, does a little planning and is paying attention. And, uh, and then let, let me give you an example of where I'm going with this. Let's say he finds out that you like tapas. And so he finds a tapas bar uh, restaurant and he suggests going there and you've been there. And, um, but what do you do? Because a lot of the women will say they'll immediately jump into the work mode where they take over and they say, oh, I've, I've been in that place. It's good, but I know a better place. And then you have this dynamic as to does the guy say, well, I'd like to take you to this place or should the woman say nothing and just go there. And it, it just, 
you know, you want the women seem to want men to be men, but even in that opening, those opening sessions, if you will, between the two, when they start to get offline, there seems to be challenges in terms of, well, how can a guy be a guy if the woman is um, making all the decisions and driving everything, initiating driving and all of that. And the guys basically just say, okay, I'll be your little boy toy, whatever. I know I threw a lot at you there, but you know, you understand the dynamic I'm getting at. Absolutely. And I think the key um, nugget of your point is the work dynamic because the shift and change of women in the workplace I feel has really affected how women um, show up in personal relationships. And I think we're in a space where we are still learning how to navigate that difference. How do women um, remain powerful and ambitious and leaders in the workplace, but then um, find a space that's comfortable for them in their romantic relationships? And it's really hard. And I'm not going to pretend like I have the answer to that because it's challenging. And like you said, how do you turn that off and actually show up in a more feminine way on a, on a date or in a relationship? That's a really great question. And I think that that's part of the challenge that we're facing right now culturally because women are still sold on this idea that when a man knows that he's interested, he's just going to go after it and be aggressive and, you know, He's going to pull out all the stops and really take the lead. But as you mentioned, that looks a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's just, um, you know, picking the date or picking the restaurant. And if that gets shut down or he's not able to go the route that he wants to, to go, then sometimes men just lose interest and or they, you know, move on to, to somebody else. So I think that's still a cultural shift that, that everybody's trying to navigate because I feel that women – do still want men to be leaders, do still want men to be the initiators and the um, aggressors in, in that sense, but they are trying to navigate how this new work identity fits into their romantic lives, and that's really tricky. Okay, so, um, it, you know, the issue is really um, not that the women don't want to be who they're not. So if if you don't want to you don't want to like turn into somebody else. Okay. You have to do your job. I, 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 you know, I guess women have a lot more pressure on them in, in the workplace than men, because, you know, as a guy, I go in and do my job, I leave. And, uh, with women, it seems like they have to, you know, how much can I push before I'm looked at as too pushy or whatever, too aggressive. And they have to work this fine line where I want to dress nice and wear what I want, but then, you know, these guys are like animals, like, how do I handle that? And then I want to go out with a guy who's a real man, but I don't want him to be a macho man. And then if he's got a place in mind and I've already been there and done that, how do I let him know about that? And then the woman also shouldn't have to, like, become somebody that she's not in her free time. You know, it has, still has to be her. So as a woman, how do you, how do you uh, counsel other women about that, that, all those challenges that women seem to have when it comes to uh, being themselves and uh, for dating. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's challenging. And I think it starts with understanding that going after what you want doesn't necessarily mean being in control and Mm -hmm. trying to learn that difference, I think is a lot of what my work is about. You can get the same outcome that you want without having to steer the ship or, you know, be in the driver's seat. And figuring out um, not only just being yourself but knowing that you have choices. I think today a lot of women still don't understand that they have a lot of choice about who they date. They just don't need to go out with a guy because he asked or he's nice or any of these things. You can really be as selective as you want to be. And so um, as you're going after what you want, again, that doesn't mean that you're the one in control and that you're the one that's holding all, you know, the reins. Sometimes it's more about um, understanding if you like what you're getting, right? So with your analogy with the restaurant, I think it's not about the experience or the place or, or who is in the driver's seat. I think it's more about do you want to spend time with this guy? He's asking you to spend time with him. Let that be the most important thing. And 
you know, I think it, it boils down to your priorities as well because there's always, you know, there's that age-old thing, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And right. figuring out, figuring out um, how you can get what you want without being in control I think is, is the work that I try to educate women on. Because so it's really a fine line. People say, oh, well, I'm just going to text them or I'm just going to do this or I'm just going to do that. But it's a really fine line between wanting to um, communicate with somebody or wanting to be in control and be the person that is sort of, quote, unquote, making things happen. How do you advise your uh, clients uh, in terms of dealing with, uh, you know, texting versus phone versus email versus uh, face-to-face? My, you know, uh, style when I was dating was using online would be to uh, quick, you know, read somebody's profile if I liked how they looked, how they sounded. If it wasn't, they weren't negative. It wasn't uh, it was somebody I felt a connection with. I would mention something in their profile, send them a short note. They'd write back, hopefully, or not. If they did write back, then I would write back again with something else open-ended and, uh, and then send my phone number. And then almost invariably, they'd send me their number. Um, and then I would have one phone call because I think the energy changes once you get on the phone with somebody, when you hear their voice and you just, just in a different energy exchange and then set something up for a, a quick meetup, which is eat coffee or, you know, meet someplace for an activity. Or uh, in fact, I, I'm going to do my guys, guys guide this evening, the part two of uh, 10, 10 cheap first dates in New York city, because if you go out for two drinks at a nice uh, place, you can run up a, uh, you know, a hundred dollar bill pretty quickly. Um, so I guess the question is what's the process that you, uh, how do you guide your clients through this process of going from, uh, online to offline and make it a seamless transition where everybody's happy. That's question one. Question two is how do you counsel the guys, uh, based on what we were talking about with the women where they have to kind of turn things on, uh, you know, at work and then they have to dial it down a little bit, uh, you know, after work when they're dealing with their partners or future partners, um, what do you, how do you counsel men in terms of your, how do you deal with this guys? So two questions, one going online to offline two, and you can answer them in any order. Maybe it's better to answer the second one first, which is how do you counsel guys to deal with the changing roles of women? Sorry for that. Mouthful. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> No, that is, but you know what, it's because there's just so much changing, even from the three years that we last spoke, so yep. much has, has shifted. I think what I always preach to men, which is something I learned, it's not something that I, I created, but something that I always preach to men is that you have to honestly like women. I feel like yeah, there was a shift where men got really resentful, really resentful, really kind of angry um, and a little bit a uh, uh, projection on not really liking the way women were behaving, but still wanting to date women. And, you know, there comes a point where you just have to let that go and understand that you really just have to like women and, you know, accept what is, is going on. Yeah, the that's a great so point. Come, come in, yeah, come in with an open mind and with a positive attitude, and that can really make all the difference. Um, and the other thing that I think is important for men to, to understand is that, how you show up in your relationship is a reflection of you, not necessarily society. I think we can always look for some statistic or some trend or an excuse for why we don't need to show up in a certain way. But, you know, be the guy that you want this woman to be proud to date. You know, be the guy that is going to be mature and um, an adult about the way that he dates, regardless of mm-hmm. who he's dating. And so showing up in the way that Beth represents you, I think is incredibly important. And, you know, you can see a lot of childish behavior sometimes when people are dating. And as an individual, you have to take it on yourself to be as mature and adult as possible because it's mm-hmm. a really tough thing to do to put yourself out there, especially emotionally. And I think yep. to answer your first question, you know, one of the things that, and, and again, this is not an original theory of mine, it's something I've learned, which I think is incredibly smart, is that relationships are co-created. And I'm always shocked that somebody is going to give another person the opportunity to be their life partner, but they won't even give them a phone call. It's like you're going to be working on this thing together for quite some time, 
So you better, you know, start now and really learn to trust the other person. And if you can't trust them to ask them to call you or to meet you where you want to go or, you know, even just meet you halfway in the process, I think showing up as strangers is a really bad idea. So you have to find a way, even in the first, you know, 24 hours or 48 hours, where you can open up some trust and actually get to know that person. And Mm -hmm. you have to develop a process. So for me, you know, I think questions are a great way to do that. Ask more intimate questions. Um, Like you mentioned, set up at least one phone call before you meet. But really treat this person as if they're going to be somebody in your life. Otherwise, don't go out with them. Um, This whole idea of, like, let me, you know, go and see how it goes, I think is really antiquated. You don't need to see how it goes. You can ask them the questions that are important to you before you spend any time together. Um, And if it doesn't seem viable, just don't go. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I want to hold that thought about the questions because there's some deal breakers, which are totally understandable. But uh, sometimes I think some of the ladies have uh, their, their the list is gets quite long. And the longer they're single, the list seems to grow a little bit. That's a perception that a lot of guys has. It, it could be completely wrong, but I want to talk about that. But just a quick story. Um, you know, it's interesting. I had my little uh, routine that I got into when I was having a blast online dating, uh, which would be as I as I described, you know, a quick email uh, and then uh, then a phone call and then meet up and then you just see what happens. But when I met one young lady uh, online, she winked at me on Match.com, and she had, it was just on a free trial, and she uh, had the, not an atypical, a little bit, uh, a little bit quirky uh, uh, profile. So um, I wrote back, and uh, I suggested the phone call, and she said, ah, "We don't have to." She wrote back, said, "We don't need a phone call. Let's just meet." And I'm like, "You sure?" And she's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Well, you know what? Maybe I had to go with my gut." And uh, Sometimes you have to just say, you know what, rules are rules, but all's fair in love. Uh, so maybe you just sometimes you have to break your rules to get to the next level, because obviously I was having a lot of fun dating, but I hadn't I had a real relationship for, for a while. So I met her and uh, now we've been married for seven years. <laughs> so, so sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to chuck the rule book out the window a little bit because love is supposed to be fun and love is supposed to be adventure and love is supposed to have some mystery. And, and you got to sometimes just go with the flow. Um, tell me if you agree or disagree with that. And then let's talk a little bit about some of the qualifiers that it's important for women to ask uh, guys before they take their step and invest more time by meeting up a guy, meeting up with a guy and then finding out, you know, he's just, he doesn't fit, you know, some of those have to, some of those needs that I have to have in a guy. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that process because I'm sure your wife didn't reject the phone call in a negative way. And I'm sure that it was sort of exciting that this person, you know, was, was eager to meet. And a lot of that excitement is, it goes a long way, right? Because people get really jaded with, with dates and they show up very underwhelmed and unenthused. Um, and that's a problem as well. So, yeah, I think when you have a connection, um, it's good to be intuitive. And I really mm-hmm. feel like singles, single men and women lose that because they're so anxious about the process that they don't want to be intuitive. And I see it a lot of times when they shouldn't go out with people, but they go because they want to see or they want to give everybody a chance or, you know, all the excuses um, and the reasoning. Sometimes you do just have to go with your gut, and if your gut says that that person isn't that interesting or that they're not right for you, um, I think it's worth listening to on both sides of the coin. Sometimes Mm -hmm. when you think um, it's really going to be something, and sometimes when you know it's not going to be something. I think that's incredibly important. Um, And then as far as qualifiers, oh, my gosh, qualifiers, you know, it's so interesting. I, I like to do, um, you know, well, I, I should say I'm very intuitive and I believe in following your, your gut and going with what you think is the right thing. But I'm always shocked that women don't ask men if they are married when they meet them <laughs> online. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it's just a question you need to ask. You need to ask somebody if they're available. It is, isn't it, right? But it's so true. 
I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories of people who met someone online just to come to find out they're in another relationship. So it's really important that you ask um, questions about availability. Maybe you don't need to ask how, you know, if they're married or dating anybody, but you definitely need to ask mm-hmm. questions about if they're available. And I think yeah. you also need to ask questions about what they're, what they're looking for, just what their intentions are in general. Um, I think those kind of get swept under the rug sometimes, but they're really important. How about this? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a traditionalist in that well, I believe in tradition to this, when it works. And I always say, uh, okay, first date, if you're a guy, you want to make it easy on the woman, come up with a plan, ask her out, uh, pick up, you know, if you meet for a drink or something, pick up the, pick up the bill and the first official date, do the same thing. Now, that might be completely antiquated now because, one, if a woman sees you paying, they might think, well, I owe you something. And then secondly, it's like I don't need the guy to do that anymore. Everything's either split down the middle or just back and forth. But I always had thought uh, that it's better just to, like, take this off the table. Let the guy do the traditional thing for the first drink date and then the first regular date. And then from there, then you just work it out because I don't know what the different people have different jobs and different incomes and different situations and different fiscal responsibilities. But I always think it's nice if a guy has in his head, I'm going to take care of this, you know, initially, and then we'll just see what, how it goes. What are your thoughts on that? Is that, am I like in 1990s now or what? No, I totally agree. And I think, even with your, your guide, it makes sense for people to plan dates they can afford. Um, what men lack sometimes is a little creativity. And so you might just assume, you know, go to a bar, go to a restaurant, but it ends up being far more than you want to have in your budget for a first date. So it's mm-hmm. incredibly important to plan dates that meet your economic standards, but also be creative. If a woman what you really want to know is how you get on together. So if a woman wants to spend time with you, it doesn't have to cost money, but you might have to be creative in what you do. And I think if men added a little bit more creativity to planning the dates, they would find that not all dates have to cost money or a yep. lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, right now the big trend is to get wine and to go to a park or to get wine and do something outdoors. So you really – um, you're really finding that generations are incredibly flexible um, mm-hmm. with traditions, even though they like the traditions. But it's more important to be thoughtful and to have a plan and to show up, you know, ready to take care of your date um, than it is to spend a lot of money. And I think men just need to separate that idea mm-hmm. that dating um, has to be expensive. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it does have to be thoughtful. Yep. Um, you're in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Okay. What uh, your thoughts? I am. Uh, what what do you, what are your thoughts about um, dating in San Francisco versus the outlying communities, uh, and then San Francisco and the Bay Area versus other areas of the country? Yeah, I think it's really exciting because California, specifically San Francisco, has a way of being sort of cultural leaders in a lot of sense. And the dating, Mm -hmm. what you find, one thing I've noticed that makes the biggest difference is that there are so many people here from different parts of the world, different parts of the country, that there's no one standard culture. Um, You know in the East Coast, the legacy and the culture and the way that people interact is really understood because people have been there so long. Here in the Bay Area, you're bringing all kinds of ideas, behaviors, cultures, expectations from everywhere possible into one city. And so people are really coming to the table um, with totally different ideas of what dating actually is, what it means, how, how they should go about it. So that's really interesting. I think the other thing that's really interesting is that San Francisco is sort of like a tough place to be. You know, kind of like New York in a sense. So everybody here is really, um, you know, tends to be somewhat ambitious. They tend to be a little bit transient in their work or, or moving around mm-hmm. a lot. So no, nobody really comes here to settle down. So they happen to be really fast-moving, um, you know, kind of 
wheels. And it can be hard to meet people who want to be in a committed relationship because everybody here comes with a different story and they're really um, probably fast-paced moving for something else career-wise. So the thought of just settling down is not um, a priority for everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the third thing that's really different, which I don't know how other parts of the country deal with this, but it was new to me for sure, is the travel People in San Francisco travel more than I have ever seen um, a community travel. So whether it's for work or for private time or they're just going, you know, back to where they're from to visit family or friends, mm-hmm. there's a lot of travel here. You, you can meet somebody and, you know, two weeks later they're in Japan for three weeks for work. And that's mm-hmm. really typical. Um, so it, it, it changes the dynamic of dating for sure. Got it. Um Let's switch topics a little bit. First of all, uh, this guy's guys radio. Uh, your host Robert Manny. Our special guest is uh, Miss Fayuna Solomon. The Dating Truth um, is her website and her practice. Um, the whole aspect of ghosting. Um, you know, you, you, you go, people go on a lot of dates now, and people become disposable because you don't have to deal with them. What, what's your philosophy, and how do you counsel people on? I, I, my thing is like, I don't think you have to explain to every single person you've ever gone out for a coffee date or had a cocktail with, you know, why I don't want to go out with you anymore. But if you've been intimate with somebody, um, you probably should uh, man up for the breakup and just, just, you know, ultimately nobody wants to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with them the same, the same way. Uh, But it's hard for a lot of people to get that into their heads. So, it's easier for a lot of people, whether it's in business or it's in personal relationships or dating to just disappear. And uh, I, I have a big problem with that. I'm a little old school on that also. And that I think uh, there is uh, there is a way to have some elan about how you deal with people, you know, because they might come back and say, do you want to go out again? Are you interested? And there's got to be a nice way to let people uh, let people off the hook, let people down easily uh, without really just, you know, the disappearing thing is like nobody wants that to happen to them, yet so many people do it to other people. It, it's, it is, it is a ver- there's a real selfishness in our uh, culture now that uh, is disturbing. What your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know that there's a best way to handle being ghosted. I think you just have to move on because, yeah, like you said, you don't want to be with somebody who isn't interested in being with you. And you don't want to have to prove to somebody else that you're worth being with either. (laughs) So if somebody does... Yeah, so if somebody does ghost you, the best thing to do is to move on. I think the tricky thing with ghosting is that people aren't really gone. You can see on social media or you <laughs> yeah. can see, you know, <laughs> what their activity is, is like. So that's another really hurtful part because you, you before, you know, before the Internet and social media, you didn't know what people were doing. They were gone, and if you couldn't call them or they weren't picking up their phone, you really were, like, lost to what right. happened to them. Now, mm-hmm. it's like somebody is just not contacting you, but they're posting on Snapchat, they're posting on Instagram, they're on Facebook. You can see this whole trend of, um, you know, their beha- you can track their entire behavior, but they're just not reaching out to you, which makes it especially hurtful. So I think from that aspect, it's even more important to let people know, you know, I don't think this is going to work out. Let's just call time on this. It was great to meet you and move on. And even if you just do that in a text message, I think it's, it's fine. So, um, yeah, so I think that the priority should be to just say something, not just disappear. But mm-hmm. um, I, don't know, I don't know that we're mature enough to do that. Right. How about um, this is a new aspect, I think, to dating that's uh, kind of poked its head up over the last, I'd say, say, five years. And that's Instagram. And where I'm going with this is, you know, you go on Instagram and it's like, for the millennials, at least, it's like, okay, here, here I am in my underpants. Here I am working out. Here I am flexing my muscles. Here I am in a thong. Here I am daily, you know, my daily motivation. Here I am. It's like there's no filter. It's like everything is out mm-hmm. there. And um, okay, my question is, 
you know, there, and there's a lot of good looking people out there. Let's face it. There's a lot of good, it's, it's, you know, there's enough knowledge base where people know how to diet. If they take the time, there's information. You can know how to make yourself look as good as possible. A- absolutely. Almost anybody could look pretty darn good if they put the effort in and it takes a lot of effort. But, you know, if, if guys, particularly if they start seeing all these gals on uh, Instagram are do you find that some men, the expectations are like, come on, have you looked in the mirror? You know, you can only have this, you know, super buff blonde with tattoos, like, you know, n- nothing else will do. I mean, do you find that the expectations are, are, are like not in line with the reality with, with some of the daters out there? Yes, absolutely. And I think Instagram in and of itself has opened up, a entire new world to everyone globally because before we had an idea of how people lived their lives but we didn't really know what went into it or, or we, we couldn't really see um, you know kind of behind the curtain and now that you can see everything you are you, you have a lot of people who really want that lifestyle so when you see things like you know relationship goals and people see the rings people are getting or the flowers that people are getting or the trips that couples are taking or you know mm-hmm. this guy's a photographer and his girlfriend is a model and all these things the expectation is raised but like you said you have to be realistic about what you are bringing to the table as well and unfortunately I think it's just something about women in general where whether it's culturally or, or, or just a tradition but there are a lot of beautiful women who don't seem to be with you know, the the best-looking guy. So there must be something behind mm-hmm. that connection. But I sure. think what men are seeing is they're seeing that th- this is more true than they realize. <laughs> so <laughs> now you have all of these, you know, very attractive women. You know, there was that joke on Instagram where you see the picture of the beautiful woman and then they show the guy who's actually taking the picture. <laughs> and, you know, he looks, he looks very different. So, yeah, I think it is creating a sort of a, an and different expectation because people get a peek behind the curtain and the expectations are, are changing for what people um, actually bring to the table. So I don't know, you know, obviously it's somebody's real life, but Instagram and, and social media, people have to understand that that's not real. That's a, a glimpse or a picture or a moment in time, but it's not the whole picture. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, it's tough for people, it's tough for people to believe that. It's amazing because, you know, I went on there and I put a picture. Look, I was in the park. I took a picture of a frog and here it snowed and here's a snowy day. And then I see like, oh, my God, ladies, cover up a little bit. I mean, it's like, wow. (laughs) uh, It used to be guys would go to strip clubs to see this. Now they just get on the computer. They don't have to go to a it's not you don't have to go to a porn site. Go to Instagram. You can see whatever you want. It's unbelievable. And I was just. You know, I think it's okay. You know, listen, a woman in her prime, she wants to say, hey, this is me. Fine. I get it. And that's great. It's just like, but it's like, there's no filter. And it's like, you know, I think it's an over, it's an overload. I I don't know if a lot of guys know how to process that from an expectation standpoint. They think they're going to be, you know, every girl they're dating is going to be supermodel and uh, or super fitness model. And it's not going to happen. Um, and you have to, you know, give the women that, you know, in your real life a, a break uh, because it's not, uh, the world isn't Instagram, you know, Instagram is fun, but it's not, it's not completely how we live. Absolutely. And I think women for the most part are just looking for men with vision Right, because those women on Instagram, they didn't always look like that. I'm sure they started off somewhere. And if you have a guy that has a vision for what he wants in his life or who he wants as a partner, then, you know, he's willing to work work with you and build something to where now the couple looks like this glamorous, beautiful couple. But if you would have seen them, you know, five years ago, they didn't look anything like that. So. I think looking at the bigger picture and, and if men have a vision for what they want relationships mm-hmm. to look like, it would, you know, will be incredibly helpful. I think a lot of women are looking for that because women have always had a certain vision of what the type of relationship they want or, or the guy that they want. But it, it seems to women, or at least 
you know, the perspective I get is that men just don't seem to know. It's like some woman just walks by him and he's like, okay, that one. And then, you know, and then it's just, you know, off to the races. So I think women are just curious to, curious to know what vision men have, you know, of the relationship they want to have and and who Mm -hmm. they're looking for. Okay. Uh, last question. What would be your best advice? And then I want you to talk to our listeners about uh, the Dating Truth and uh, some of the programs that you offer. But um, what's your best advice to uh, women daters and men daters today? My best advice is to take control of your dating life. Don't listen to the statistics. Don't worry about you know, the trends, if you're single and you want to meet somebody, figure out what it's going to take to make that happen and just do it. Um, Don't be resigned and don't wait around, you know, really take control of your experience and make it a good one. Fantastic. So tell us about the programs that you run at Dating Truth. Uh, I know there's a 30 day and then you have a bigger program and just tell us about your services and where people can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the site I'm excited to, um, you know, to share is going to involve a lot more writers and coaches and a lot, um, a lot more perspectives, which I think is great, which is going to give people um, a variety of what they, they need from different voices. And that's really important because I do believe that you can get great advice from, every, from everywhere. So um, it'll be exciting to have a lot of um, new voices and experts on the platform. Um, also, with the program Date Like a Pro, it's going to launch next year, and it's really just these one-on-one, one-on-one on how to do um, certain things that I get a lot of questions on, which could be like setting up your online dating profile or, you know, sending the right text messages, um, you know, getting that first date or, like you mentioned, going from offline or online to offline. So things like that, really bite-sized one-on-one um, programs that people can use just for, you know, the issues that come up. Okay. Uh, best new restaurant in San Francisco for a date? Ooh, that's a tough one. We have so many good ones. You know what? There's a really great bar here. It's called ABV. It's pretty popular already, but I think that's a great spot. Not too expensive, um, a lot of tapas, and great drinks. Where, where is it at? Is it in Selma or where? Oh, it's in the Mission, and it's called okay. ABV. Got it. Okay, great. Well, listen, uh, you're fantastic, Miss Fayuna. Solomon, I love your name, by the way, and uh, I think you're doing great Thank work. You. And I'm, I'm so glad you're back on Guys Guys Radio, and I look forward to uh, getting some submissions your way and uh, being part of uh, building something uh, that you're doing. So uh, thank you, and thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio, and happy holidays to you, and all the best, and God bless. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. You got it. Okay. Take care. All right, folks, that's our special guest, Ms. Fayuna Solomon. The Dating Truth is her website. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back and do a quick guys, guys, guide, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. All right, we're back. Um, As I mentioned uh, at the top of the show, last week we did our uh, uh, guys, guys, guide was about, uh, it's a a mirror of my blog, and my most recent blog was about uh, places to go in New York City for cheap dates, cheap first dates. I mean, you could go out if you had if you go to a nice place and you had two drinks and maybe an appetizer, you're over a hundred bucks uh, with tax and tip and all of that. So it's tough. So you you have to get smart about it. And you don't want to go to some dive bar either, uh, where it smells like beer. So you need some good ideas. And New York City is, believe it or not, chock full of places where you can go on cheap first dates. So I mentioned last week. Um, the High Line uh, along the west side, taking a walk there, and there's lots of places to go if you go downstairs uh, uh, along the west side there. Uh, Central Park, so many things to do. Koreatown, a lot of fun and great food and very affordable. Battery Park City. And um, I think the last one I mentioned was uh, Harlem uh, because there's a lot of places. Uh, if you go up Frederick Douglass Boulevard, um, it's, it's like kind of the entry point to uh, the new South Harlem, Southwest Harlem. And there's a, a lot of uh, good bars and affordable places to get drinks and something to eat. And it's really nice. And there's so much culture. I live in Harlem in this area. And it's amazing 
uh, what everybody's doing here in terms of uh, really making it a destination. Very easy to get to also if you're in New York City. But let me give you a couple more places uh, for a good first date. Uh, you can go to a class. You can take something like go to the Open Center or go to the Meta Center or even the Edgar Casey Center, depending on somebody's interest. And you can, you can take a, a, a class there or do a meditation or a yoga class, whatever. And uh, it, that's, that's a great first date. If you have a similar interest, then you go out after and you have a bite and talk about it. And uh, there's lots of places like that where you can get your spiritual game on here in New York City. Uh, Chelsea Piers is another place where it's a big uh, kind of athletic facility, but it has, uh, it has a brew pub. You can go out kayaking, play basketball. There's all kinds of sports you can play. And uh, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of other things on the west side down by the river now, um, the Hudson River, that uh, are attractive. And uh, you, can, you can do something uh, on the fly, and it's not expensive either. Um, if you do know somebody uh, and you want to go maybe the first official date, and it's a, the weather's nice, there's a lot of good local beaches that are easy to get to. You can go to Coney Island. It's got a lot of old school culture there. You can go to City Island, which is up in the Bronx. You can go to Long Beach, which is a, a quick train ride away from uh, Penn Station. And also you can head down to Jersey Shore, just jump on New Jersey Transit. You can go to Asbury Park, which is like Brooklyn by the sea now. Uh, it's really, it's really uh, quite the scene now. And, uh, you know, you, you just hop on the train. It's $15 each way. And then uh, just you, know, you go to the beach. It costs five bucks or something. And then there's lots of places to go to have drinks and drinking and, uh, and meals and all uh, are much cheaper down the Jersey Shore than they are in New York City. Um, also, uh, there's a boat basin on West 72nd Street in Manhattan. And that's where I took my wife to be on our first date. We met up. We took a walk over to the boat basin. We sat at an outdoor cafe, had a, had a very light uh, bite to eat. And then we took a walk alongside uh, the uh, Riverside Park there. And it was a wonderful first date. And the proof is in the pudding. We've been married seven years and have a little four-year-old boy. Um, and then the last one I have, number 10, would be uh, you know, go to a museum. There's so many museums in New York City, and it's not expensive. Uh, most of them, you just give what you want to give in terms of a donation. And there's always a new show. There's all kinds of stuff at the Met, um, the Guggenheim. It, it's just endless, the amount of culture here in New York. So, you know, if you can find a similar interest to you, somebody for a first date, there's ways to do it and make it affordable. So just some thoughts for you. I'll be uh, posting a part two, uh, probably Friday of this week. And uh, you can catch all my blog posts, all almost 300 of them now uh, at Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. So that's our show for this evening. Uh, it was wonderful having Fayuna as our guest again. Uh, she's really terrific, and I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you're uh, getting geared up for a terrific holiday season. Don't dr drink too much at your holiday parties because, believe me, people are watching. Uh, <laughs> so be careful, play safe, and uh, our guest next week, we're going to be back next day, Wednesday night, is uh, another relationship expert, Jasbina Aluwalia, uh, and she's going to be talking about intersection matches. So uh, that should be fun. So until then, remember what I always like to say is guys, guys, finish first.